Greetings one and all, wherever you are in the universe, metaverse, or rainbow. Welcome to the latest edition of an Espresso Shot of Confidence, the podcast that explores all aspects of confidence, challenges taboos and unhelpful narratives, and empowers you to be awesome, loudly and proudly. It's time for you to grab a drink and settle in for the next however long this episode is. I'm your host, the master of awesomeness, Ashley Griffiths, and today we'll be talking about nutrition and mental health. We all know the saying, you are what you eat. It's often used as an almost throwaway comment, but in recent years, there's been an increase in people suffering from digestive issues and developing allergies to certain foods. Research has also discovered that there is a link between mind and gut health. As a result, people are taking long, hard looks at their food and lifestyle choices as they look to lead healthier lives. However, there is a lot of white noise out there, with new fad diets coming out seemingly every single week, and new reports suggesting that certain foods should be eliminated from your diet, only to be okay to eat the next week. So... Who better to talk to about this than Amanda Whitehead, the founder of Purposefully Nourished and a mental health advocate. She is an holistic health and nutrition coach that helps her clients minimize stress and live healthier lives by utilizing nutrition and healthy habits. Hey, Amanda, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Ah, fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. So tell us a little bit about how you got into the whole nutrition and wellness industry. So I got into the nutrition side of things because of my own health issues that I suffered a few years ago. My background is actually in beauty therapy. So I started off as a beauty therapist back in Oh my gosh, this is going to make me sound old. 1993, I qualified. Um, I've always had a passion for health and well-being. And so I decided to take the path of specializing in massage and skin treatments. Um, and then actually my personal um, experiences were I suffered with irritable bowel syndrome. I used to get sinusitis every single month without fail between the age of 15 and 30 and was put on antibiotics month after month. Um, I was told that I'd got irritable bowel syndrome, but there wasn't really any guidance on how to help my body get better. So I was always playing around with food, trying to find what suited me, what didn't suit me. And I was kind of finding that I'd be fine for a little while and then I'd have to change what I was eating and then I needed to do it again. To cut a long story short, I went through a divorce with my first husband who we have two girls together. And um, at the time, my youngest had just been diagnosed with a condition called autoimmune neutropenia. And when I researched it, I learned that it was a lifestyle illness, but she was five. So how can a five-year-old have a lifestyle illness? Because I was making all the choices for her. I've always been very sure. up on um, clean eating. So making sure that you cook from <laughs> scratch. So she'd got a good diet. She was always out exercising, you know, climbing trees in the park on a bike as kids are. Um, but when me and her dad split, her health actually improved 
massively. She wasn't going in hospital as much. And what I learned was it was the environment that she was in. My health was deteriorating because of the stress that I was under, but she was much, much better. And so it started making me take a look at the clients I was working with, because a lot of them was coming with um, things like depression, anxiety, digestive issues, not being able to sleep. And so I started working with them on a deeper level as well and seeing the amazing results that they were getting alongside myself. Um, And so I guess really, I helped my daughter. Um, I turned my own IBS around. I healed my gut from the damage that the antibiotics had done. Um, And along the way, I've helped clients as well. So it's a passion of mine. I very much believe that we are connected mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You cannot separate us. We are one being. Um, And our health starts from the inside. But we also have to watch what we're doing on the outside and who we're actually surrounding ourselves with. And are we actually listening to our bodies when it's actually communicating that something's not quite right? You know, if if we're feeling out of balance and we're not listening, our bodies will actually stop us at some point because it can't go on. Yeah, I totally get that. I think certainly um, over the years, as I've explored spirituality different ways of life different diets different foods um it's become apparent very 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 quickly that just changing one thing in isolation may is probably not going to have that much of an impact because it's more of an holistic thing so in terms of that you know, there's so many choices, you know, when it comes to eating, when it comes to the ways that you can manage your life, be that from a dietary point of view, be that from a lifestyle point of view, there's just so many different, different, different uh, things out there. And one of the biggest parts of that, one of the biggest parts of the narrative, right, is usually losing weight. And as I was researching this podcast, I kept hovering over the word diet. And it just seemed very confusing because I typed the word diet. And it would be like losing weight, lose weight today, lose weight today. And on the other hand, I know diet has about 900, probably 900 different meanings here. Um, So could you clear this up for us? So what does a, a healthy diet mean? And does that necessarily mean that you're doing it to lose or gain weight? I don't believe in the word diet personally. So when I'm working with my clients, it's a healthy eating routine or just an eating routine. It's the food choices that you're choosing. I think the word diet has been very much put towards people that want to lose weight. I don't think diet very often is looked at for people wanting to gain weight or just stay the same weight. But I think Mm -hmm. the issue that I personally find, because I've kind of been on the other end of that where I've never been overweight, but I have been slim. And so Mm -hmm. people will say all the time, oh, you know, you're really skinny. Um, You need to put that weight on. Um, So I think whether you're trying to put weight on or whether you're trying to lose weight, a lot of the issues are the toxins that you're carrying inside. So if you're not addressing actually how your body needs to work, so in that way, 
supporting your liver health, then you might lose the weight if you cut out, say, crisps and alcohol and, and bits like that for a little while. But you're not actually going to have that in a sustainable way because you're going to yo-yo all the time, which I think, again, is where the, the word diet becomes so negative because people see it as sure. that, you know, they... They get the results they want, they feel good, but then a few months down the line, they're back to where they were or they're on the way back to where they were and then they start again. Where for me, it's more about a healthy lifestyle. It's And it's also, you know, we're all very unique. So one size doesn't fit all. The same foods that I eat won't suit you and you know, vice versa. So it's actually finding what serves your individual body and what that looks like for you to get the results that you're looking for. I don't yeah, know if that clears totally it up. Get... <laughs> no, I think it does. I mean, like one of the things you said there, I mean, I got this, I mean, just at the weekend, I was with a group of friends and there's a couple of them, you know, I'm naturally skinny. I've always been skinny and I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> but I've, I constantly get, Ashley, you need to put on more weight. You, are you sick? Are you eating? You know, it's like, I, I eat very well. I'm, I, 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 can't, I don't stop eating. <laughs> so, but it, it's funny that the perception that's put out there about what you should be doing and how you should look. I think that that is a big part of the narrative, certainly in the, in the dieting or, or healthy lifestyle history that I see a lot and it makes it i think that much harder for people to make choices or to make decisions regarding okay well i've got all this noise over here saying i should be eating vegetarian food and then over here it's over here saying i should be eating meat i should be doing this i should be doing that and i can imagine it's really really confusing and you kind of already touched on this but how would you what advice would you give to people to kind of cut through all this white noise out there simply the people that are giving you the advice aren't you they're not in your body <laughs> they're not walking in your shoes and they probably don't even have the same frame as you. So that's the other thing that people forget. You know, like people will say to me, oh, you're so tiny. My, my frame's tiny. I'm not, you know, six foot. I, you know, I, I'm not big boned. Um, and so actually practice getting quiet and listening to what your body tells you. Because again, <laughs> there is the vegan diet. There's the vegetarian diet. There's the keto that, you know, there's all these things. But if you sit and listen, your body will tell you what it needs. You don't need to put a label on yourself to be healthy. You just need to listen to what your body's asking of you. So, you know, for me personally, people will automatically assume because I'm in the health and wellness arena, I'm vegetarian or I'm vegan or, you know, I eat a specific way. I listen to my body. So if it needs meat, I'll feed it meat. If it needs fish, I'll feed it fish. If it's just telling me that it's happy with plants, I'll just be plant-based for a week. But it doesn't mean I'm vegan. It means I'm just feeding my body what it's asking of me. And it does take practice. It's not like straight off. But if you do start sure. changing those habits, you can get to learn about yourself and understand what your body's asking of you. And once you've got that, you don't need a diet because it becomes sustainable because you're giving your body what it needs. And if it's serving you, then it's yeah. right. 
Awesome. Awesome. I love that. I think it's, yeah, it's that listening to your body and the labels thing. I don't think the labels thing is remotely helpful. Again, I was in the same conversation when I was being questioned about my weight the other day, I was having people question about, but why don't you eat meat? Because, hey, I don't want to, and I never feel the need to. So that's, and then I just don't eat it. It's as simple as that, really. But for for other people, it just completely baffled them. And, and I like the thing that you said. I mean, ultimately, it reached the point for me where I was like, I don't have to justify myself to you. It's, and B, how is how I'm living my life having any sort of influence on your life in any way, shape or form? And they were just like, oh, OK, then. Yeah. That's it. Right. Bye-bye. <laughs> so, that's the end of that conversation. So in terms of this, I know that people in terms of their diet, in terms of possibly how they perceive themselves. I've read a lot of articles about this, where there's a direct link between healthy diet, confidence, self-esteem. And a lot of what came up in the literature was, and pretty much echoing what you've just said, Amanda, is choosing foods and activities that help to nourish your body and help you feel good. So in terms of lifestyle, in terms of food choices, how can people start making more positive and aligned choices that can help them feel more confident in their life in general? So what I tend to say is from a food choices point of view, make sure that you're getting lots and lots of fresh fruit and vegetables. And the reason for that is because there is so much diverse fiber in those foods. And that's what your microbiome, so the bacteria in your gut feeds off. So the more fiber you can feed your body, the bigger variety of bacteria you're going to have in your gut, in your microbiome, and you want as much variety as possible to have that balance. So if you have a diet or a, an eating routine where you don't have a great deal of fruit and vegetables, maybe just challenge yourself to add three new ones a week that you wouldn't usually have. Um, if you don't like them, you know, fine, go on to something else. But that's one thing that I am big on, lots of fresh fruit and, and vegetables. From a lifestyle point of view, for mindful um, living, maybe just if you have no routine, just think of three things you're grateful for each day and add to it as you practice more and more. Um, if you're good at that, maybe introduce a 10 minute meditation guided, you know, if that makes it easier. Um, the app insight timer is amazing. There's oh, absolutely yeah. thousands yeah. of different meditations on there. Journaling's great. One of my clients, for instance, at the minute, she still believes that she can't give herself time out, but what she does do when she's getting stressed now is she takes two minutes to take six deep breaths just to ground herself again. So if you're oh, someone nice. that's running around mad and feels like you haven't got time, you know, two minutes, six deep breaths. You can be doing that when you're doing the dishes. You can be doing it when you start traveling. You can be doing it while you're sat watching TV, you know. So just try and bring something in that um, 
that you love, something that you enjoy, even if you allow it just for five or 10 minutes a day, whether that's reading, having a bath, going for a walk, spending time with your loved ones, but just don't overdo it. Just do one thing because if you start trying to do too many, you get overwhelmed, you won't do it anyway. So what I always say is whatever one thing you decide is good for you, do that for at least a week, two weeks, and then think of what else you might want to bring in. But give yourself time because, again, this is one thing, and I have so many conversations <laughs> about this. The society that we live in, everybody wants that magic pill. They all want to feel amazing like uh, now. Yeah, 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 it do not yeah. work like that. It takes time. So give yourself time. And when you start doing that breath work or you practice that gratitude or you sit and do the meditation, you'll be surprised at how you start being able to go within and listen to what your body's actually asking of you. And from the food point of view, once you start changing those habits, you'll start realizing how good you feel. You'll start realizing the energy that you can have. And again, those little symptoms that might come, the bloating, you know, the discomfort, you'll be able to start realizing what foods aren't serving you. Doesn't mean they're bad. And I think that's a really important message to get over. Sure. There are no good or bad foods. Uh, yeah, there yeah, are yeah. only <laughs> foods that serve you or don't serve you. Um, and when you find what serves you, you'll see a massive difference in how you feel and your productivity as well. Oh, I love that. Love that. Yeah. I think that's an important distinction, isn't it? It's often foods are kind of thrown in to the good and the bad categories. Oh, you can't eat this. This is really bad for you. You can't eat that. Oh, you've got to eat this. It's really good for you. And I read, I can't remember where I saw it, whether it was a video or, or I read it recently about this thing with certain types of food like that are usually kind of demonized like say shall we say like white bread or or biscuits or certain things now yes they, these certain people had no reaction to it actually it helped them in whatever way in their life and other people just the moment they so much as sniff it like blown up with inflammation left right center and this is the same food that everybody's been told not to eat it is bad for you it will cause inflammation but it the research was saying well no actually it it, it reduced inflammation in some people increased it in others um which i thought was fascinating because it's it's so easy i think to get caught up in in the um the information that goes out oh you can't do this it's really bad for you if you do this it will give you this there's a link between this but there's just so much information being thrown out and i think sometimes maybe this is because i'm a big cynic or, or i spent a lot of time in academia i'm always like who authorized this report where's this come from i'm always thinking what's this all about <laughs> um but the I was going to say the meditation's awesome. I use Insight Timer every day, so I, I'm going to echo what Amanda said there. And yeah, highly recommend it if you haven't downloaded it. I think I'm on, I think I'm on day 200 in a row now. Go me. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I have a, a meditation to fall asleep. Cause I've always liked to have something in the background when I go to bed. Um, it was it was a trick I was taught many many years ago. Um by a counselor of mine because I couldn't sleep because my mind at night would just be like blah 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 and uh, she suggested why don't you just have some you know light noise in the background or maybe turn the tv on at a really low volume and oh man 
25 years later, it still works a trick. Awesome stuff. So let's move on to, uh, on to mental health. Then I think that's a nice transition. So on your LinkedIn profile, you quoted some research by the mental health foundation that found 74% of UK adults have felt so stressed in the past 12 months that they've been overwhelmed or unable to cope. And this stress can obviously overwhelm the body, which leads to digestive issues. It can lead to anxiety. It can lead to weight gain or weight loss. So what would you say is the link between lifestyle, diet and mental health? The gut and the brain are connected, Ashley. So you're never going to get away from mental health and digestive issues because if the brain's inflamed, the gut's inflamed. And if the gut's inflamed, the brain's inflamed. So some people might say, oh, she's just said that there's no good or bad food. For mental health, if inflammation is there, things like gluten, dairy, processed sugars are going to feed that inflammation more. And there is scientific evidence that gluten is very much linked to mental health issues or neurological issues. Um, and dairy is very much um, associated with skin. So acne, psoriasis, eczema, and you'll find quite often that people who have the mental health issues have skin issues as well. Quite often that is because the liver is so overburdened because the liver's function is to actually break down sugars. It's to filter out toxins and chemicals from medications and alcohol and all the other processed foods that we eat. And so quite often when we look at the food choices we make, when we are in that place of we're shattered because we're not sleeping, we have brain fog, so we can't make decisions. Um, we'll go for the quickest things and the quickest things tend to be a slice of toast or a bowl of cereal or a Mars bar or a coffee or, you know, things like that. And so all of these things, um, like the white and, and brown foods turn to sugar rapidly. So what they're doing is just overburdening your liver more and more. And obviously from what I said in the beginning of our conversation of the fresh fruit and vegetables, you're not feeding your gut, the fibers, so your microbiome bacteria is shrinking. You've not got as much. So you're getting a real imbalance in the gut as well. And okay. so the vagus nerve, which runs from the brain all the way through the body, um, but it connects the, the gut and the brain through the bloodstream, is sending messages all the time. So if you're feeling anxious, quite often you'll get bloated or you get those, you know, that nervous feeling and then you might have diarrhea or you might get constipated. Um, and the other way, if you don't tend to have the mental health issues, but you've got these um, symptoms of the digestive issues, you start feeling tired, you start getting anxious. And so you start getting the mental symptoms as well. And so we're very much interlinked. So it's, it's getting that balance. But again, depending on where you are in your journey, if you're at a point where, you know, the food choices aren't great, you're not sleeping, you haven't really got any routine. That's where for me, it's very important that I sit with my clients and say, right, okay, I'm not you. You're the expert of you. I know you might not feel like that right now, but what's one tiny step you can do moving forward, whether it's lifestyle or whether it's yep. food. 
ideally you go for food because food will actually help to energize. And obviously if you're feeding yourself properly, it's a little bit like, sometimes I use the car analogy. If you've got a car, you don't service it. So it's not getting fresh oil. You know, it's not MOT'd. You're putting diesel in it instead of petrol. It's not gonna work mm -hmm. for too long and, and our bodies are kind of like that you know it needs the nourishment sure. and with that comes the energy comes the confidence and the belief that you can change things um but if you're not quite at that point then just choose something whether it's meditation whether it's like you said the white noise or um yeah. water running in the background or you know whatever it is that calms you to help calm your system for you to be able to move forward I like that. I hear a lot, certainly in the business world with this is a lot of people, they're so focused on what they're doing. They're so focused on their business or working on their project or sending out their proposals or whatever it is that they're, that they're trying to do. And I've noticed um, a lot of people say, oh, I don't have breakfast. Don't have time for breakfast. Oh, I didn't have lunch. I didn't have time for lunch. I remember back in the days when, when I worked in, well, I'd never really worked in offices, but when I was working for companies and everything, and people would literally be uh, either skipping lunch or they'd be doing the zombie munch, as I like to call it, as they're in the middle of doing stuff. So what happens with that? So if you're skipping that, if you're not listening to your body and you're, you're kind of skipping meals or not not nourishing yourself during the course of the day. I mean, what's the likely impact of that to you? Again, that depends on the individual because some people thrive on not necessarily eating every meal. So some people, it serves them not to have breakfast or they'll have breakfast. It serves them not to have lunch and then they'll have dinner. Me personally, I love my food and I have to have breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, but then what I tend to say to people is, I eat within a 10 to 12 hour window. So I tend to have my breakfast around nine, half nine, but I don't mm -hmm. eat after seven. So I do fast, but I do it while I'm sleeping. Sure. Some people are all right doing it whilst they're awake. You know, it's really about giving um, the gut time to repair and rejuvenate. And it's better to do that, I believe, when you're sleeping okay. um, than when you're actually using energy and, and running around and, you know, running a business or working in the corporate world, but everybody is individual. So you have to find what works for you. However, sure. if you're doing the zombie munch, um, as you called it, which I've never heard of that before, but I like that. Quite often you're not chewing your food properly. So again, it comes down to that, how well you're going to actually absorb the nutrients from the food that you've had. Um, and not chewing your food properly by eating in a hurry, you will quite often cause those digestive issues. The problem is people think that because they're all right now, it's fine. What they don't realize is that these lifestyle illnesses take years to come to fruition. So it's mm. not a case of a few months. Something's been going on. If you're developing irritable bowel syndrome or fibromyalgia at diabetes type 2 you've been making those choices for a long long time and the other side of it is that when we get stressed our digestive system doesn't work anyway so you might be someone that's sat thinking well I eat really well so I'm fine but if you're not giving yourself time out 
and you're, you're mm-hmm. subconsciously stressed, your digestive system won't work properly anyway. So your gut's not getting the nourishment it needs because you're in too much of that fight or flight mode. And so your body is focusing more on throwing out adrenaline and cortisol and everything else to keep you going rather than actually producing the hormones that help you break down your food and nourish all areas. So it's getting that balance. And again, for me, it's about bookending your day. So how do you start your day and how do you end your day? Because quite often, if you can get those two to serve you, you can kind of cope with whatever comes in between. So getting up even just 15 minutes early, don't jump straight onto your screen, sit Mm. and have some time out, think about how you want your day to go and then get on with your day. So you're going into your day calm, not rushing. And at the end of the day, again, don't be on your screens until you go to bed. Don't have phones in your bedroom, you know, have that time to relax, wind down, give your brain time to switch off and then sleep in a dark room where you're going to be able to rest for, they say ideally seven to nine hours. But again, I believe that comes down to the individual and what, what that looks like for you. And so long as you're waking up refreshed, well-rested, then you've obviously had enough sleep. But, tr- but making sure as well, if, especially if you're working in an office, don't sit your lunch at a desk. You know, go out, have a walk, find a bench where you can actually sit and eat, um, catch up with friends or, you know, do something that takes you totally away from the work that you've been doing. So, again, you're giving your body that time to just wind down a little bit. Yeah, I think that's super important, that that, that habit sort of thing. I I went through, I can't remember, I was just trying to think like when I did this, but I went through the, the Atomic Habits from James Clear a little while back and again he kind of talked a little bit about it's awesome right um yeah this setting up setting things up for success so you know things like the mobile phones the the temptation is and i've seen quite a few posts on this actually recently people oh in the morning i just go straight to the phone and i feel like i'm on social media all the time and that and and obviously in 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 atomic habits and, and pretty much like what you just said amanda leave your phone outside make the bedroom the place where you sleep not where you work not where you piss around on your phone it's the place where you go to relax and it And that made a real big difference to me. Uh, I think certainly the um, developing a morning and a nighttime routine, that was really good in terms of getting to sleep at night, you know, and and it's a lot easier. It doesn't have to be difficult. And I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this because I'm sure your clients, when you start working them, they'll maybe have some objections or think that maybe things are too hard to do. But I think there's often this mindset that, oh, it's going to be really hard to eliminate this food from my diet or very hard to get rid of this habit and start a new one. I'm guessing you have heard that before. So what, what are your thoughts on that? And what, what advice would you give to people uh, regarding that? I have heard that so many times. So with the phone thing, I quite often get, I use it as an alarm. Or what if someone texts me in the night? And so what I'd say is go back to old fashioned, buy an alarm clock that just rings at the side of your bed or have your alarm on your phone, have your volume up. You won't snooze because you've got to get out of bed to go and switch it off. So then you're up, you're ready. So if you're someone with a habit of snoozing, it helps to 
get rid of that as well. And what I do, because we don't have a house phone, I only have my mobile, so I have it upstairs on the landing on full volume. And if anyone needs to get me in the night, call me. I won't pick up your text because my phone's not in the room. So I tell people in advance, don't text me because I won't pick it up, call. And again, you can then hear it because you can hear it ringing outside. Um, from uh, eliminating certain foods, with my clients, yes, when they first start working with me, some of them do panic. However, for me personally, I live dairy and gluten-free because it doesn't serve my body. And so from that point of view, for clients, I share lots of different recipes, lots of snack ideas, because when I do work with my clients, we don't do calorie counting or sins or anything like that. Um, and it's not about deprivation. So giving them alternatives, they don't feel that they're depriving themselves because they're having things, but they're nourishing the body in a different way to what the choices that they're making right now would. And so once they start seeing that, it's much easier. I think sometimes when we're creating change and you've been on a personal development, like growth journey, Ashley, it's <laughs> very much, we have to get uncomfortable and we have to ride the waves sometimes. <laughs> and as humans, we like to be comfortable. So actually we don't want, we don't like the thought of change. We like the thought of what it'll look like when we've done it, but we don't actually always want to go through it. But actually, as humans to have an amazing life, I truly believe that the bumps in the road are good because they teach us things. And if we don't have them, we never know when we've got good because we're not actually going through challenging times to learn them lessons to become who we want to become. So for me, the journey is a journey. There's no destination. It's about constantly growing and evolving and learning about ourselves and embracing that next chapter of you know what you want to do but understanding that it takes time it, you can't get anything overnight that's worth having and for it to be sustainable as well whether that's you know your food your lifestyle if it's sustainable it's something you'll do all the time if it's something that you're really having to make an effort and it's a chore every day it's really not serving you so you just need to find something else love that love that yeah i think we're surrounded aren't we by these images of of these quick fixes and these magic pills and all of this stuff and it just does people a massive disservice ultimately and obviously expectation comes into that and i just want to add a little trick that i do with my mobile phone at night i've got a cut off on my phone so uh, eight or nine depending on the day of the week i turn my phone off but the alarm's set already and the alarm will go off at whatever time, usually around seven or six, depending on the day. And I'm not allowed to press the snooze button. Um, so I've managed to train myself not to press the snooze. So I'll press the button and that means it's time to sit up and do the meditation. And I absolutely love my morning meditation and uh, always feel very adrift if I miss it for any sort of reason. So I just wanted to come yeah. back the the mental health side of things. So I know that you do a lot of work supporting this issue with hospitals, local governments, charities, and how did you how did you get into this? So my own daughter actually has had two admissions in adult mental health units over the last year or two. She had her first admission in twenty, and then another one in twenty one. And I saw firsthand 
how from my personal experience because I know not everyone experiences this but from my personal experience the treatment that my daughter got wasn't amazing I'll just leave it like that um and it started getting me thinking about what's missing in those areas and also starting to understand that the resources they have are very poor the finances just aren't there they're very understaffed now um and so I still want to actually work towards having a clinic that's all um, holistic and alternative health under one roof. So functional medicine, herbalism, um, yoga, acupuncture, reflexology, all that sort of thing. But I'm very passionate as well about the education of nutrition and understanding how the human body works. And sure. none of this was being that that I was being I was seeing. And so. I'd shared this with a couple of people who I network with and one of the ladies sent me an email uh, earlier this year saying um, the NHS were looking for people that could help them that had got experience in the services to help them reshape the community mental health and I went along to a meeting and I've been working with them to just share experiences and support them in interviewing for staff to make sure that it's the right people i'm now in talks with someone that i've met about helping with possible nutrition education and then i'd come across another lady um, the other night who'd asked me to look at possibly being a governor on the carers board and and helping oh, awesome. with that as well um so i got into it through my experiences with my youngest daughter and um yeah i'm i'm extremely passionate about turning that around because people don't need to be where they are just because of the treatment they're getting and a little bit controversial maybe but my belief is that the lifestyles that a lot of people are living are keeping them sick so when we go to like NHS and, and, you know, we're given medicines, they can be a tool, but they're not going to fix the issues. They're going to keep you sick if you're not doing other things. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time, you know, health isn't looking at what foods you should be feeding and food industries aren't looking at the health of people. So it's really, I guess it's down to us. We're responsible for our bodies. We're 100% responsible yeah. for what we put in it, how we treat it. Um, and getting the education out there to help people, I think, is really important. Yeah, totally. I think those choices need to be available as well, right? Well, I know we've had a conversation about this before regarding my sister and everything. The sort of food that was available to her where she was um, in, in the hospital she was in, was it was, it was yeah. junk food. And that obviously you know as you talked about that food doesn't nourish you in any way shape or form it doesn't really help you out with your brain your mind your gut and it, it's something that i've been very interested in ever since i first met you now just to see because i always thought every time i went there, i was like why are they feeding them this crap surely there's something surely this isn't right yeah yeah i get that <laughs> i get that but i think to a certain but, degree yeah. as well it's very much miseducation as well you know, it's, sure. it's a lot of it is about educating people. I don't think 
there's quite that understanding. It's getting better, definitely getting better where people are being told to up their vegetables and things. But I think sometimes, you know, I speak to clients and, and they'll say to me, oh, I can't have fibre. Fibre is so important. And I'll say to them, you know, why, why on earth can't you have fibre? Well, I've been told not to eat pasta and bread. And I'm like, I'm not talking about fibre in pasta and bread. I'm talking about fibre in vegetables and things. And I think now it's just starting to become a little bit more known within, um, I don't want to say Western medicine because that's wrong because in other countries they're hot on it. Um, but here, yeah. it, I think it's getting better. I think for me personally, mm -hmm. when people are given medication, whether that's antibiotics or whatever else, it would be nice for them to be given probiotics to actually support their gut. Um, yeah. But again, we can always tell them that as well. You know, so again, my clients, if they're on medication, the first thing we do is look at a probiotic to bring in to start supporting the gut. So you're not going to be in trouble of getting leaky gut syndrome or um, any intestinal issues. But again, depending on what's going on in the body, gluten can cause that if there's inflammation. So it's it's working with people individual and it's it's really yeah. getting the education out there to help them understand. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it all starts with education always, isn't it? That letting people know what will happen, what the impact of this is, how this could help you. Um but again I think there's isn't there a danger still certainly with the messages that are going out that it's all very generalized if you eat this food this will be like that is it hard to get messages out in terms of the education or what are your thoughts on that yeah it is yeah it is challenging because one size doesn't fit all as we've said quite a few mm. times on here today you know everyone's individual so There'll be quite a lot of people that you could probably say eliminate dairy, eliminate gluten, get rid of all your processed sugars, alcohol. And to a certain degree, we should all be doing that and only having mm -hmm. it in moderation. And when I say moderation, I mean maybe like once a month or, you know, it's a real treat. It's not something that's in your routine every single day. Sure. And there'll be some people like my own husband, who I think has got a stomach of steel because nothing seems to bother him. And there'll be other people that are super sensitive <laughs> like myself <laughs> where, you know, I just, I've learned that gluten and dairy do not serve me at all. The symptoms that I suffer just are not worth it. And it took me a long time to get to that point. And I think that's why sometimes I can relate to people because all I wanted to do years ago was fit in. So I would go out sure. and I would get drunk and I would eat pizza and I'd have all these things to fit in. But I got to a point where it was like, okay, I'm ill for at least four days after I've done all this. My friends are just <laughs> carrying on because, you know, life's normal. So who's yeah. actually benefiting? Because it's definitely not me. And actually, when we've had that night out, they don't really care because, you know, in a selfish way, we're all the same. We're getting on with our lives and we're doing what we need to do. And so I yeah. had to actually sit myself down and have a good talking to myself of, why are you actually doing this? You know, I was causing the irritable bowel syndrome, I was causing a lot of the symptoms that I was getting. And it's proved that because now I don't have them now that certain foods aren't in my diet, but I'm also good at taking time out for myself and walking my talk. I think in some ways, 
to be fair, telling people not to do something is wrong anyway, because it's not your body. Okay. It's a choice that they have to decide on. Yeah. Um, and you can only you can only experiment. So it either will work for you or it won't. But just be careful of what you're doing. Um, and just remember that, you know, health starts within. It all starts with your gut. Because okay. if you have got any of the symptoms or if you have got skin issues, that's your body's way of telling you that something's not right. It's out of balance. And so something needs to change. Sometimes these symptoms and having, you know, skin breakouts isn't a bad thing because it's your body telling you something's not right inside. So it's a tricky one. I don't believe in telling people what they should do. And I think you should work individually with people. It's about taking them on a journey and and working with them so sure. they can and nine times out of ten they'll figure it out for themselves they know what they need to do sometimes they just need to talk it out oh i hear you i totally get that so if there's any listeners out there looking for any support do you have any offers or services that you think would be ideal for them so i have two ways of working with my clients so i offer a 30-day reset and that doesn't mean that you're going to feel amazing and be fixed with whatever's going on after 30 days, but it means that it starts helping to reset your gut. It supports your liver, your kidneys, all those eliminating organs and starts getting you into better habits and, and starting to create that um, sustainable lifestyle. Or the other way that I can work with people is one-to-one. -one, and that tends to be clients who want real individualized coaching and the guidance of what foods they should be actually changing and holding their hand a little bit more than what I do with the 30-day reset. So the 30-day reset can be individual or it can be a group of people. So quite often okay. people will have a, a friend that's an accountability partner or something. Um, so that's two ways that I can work with people. It depends on, again, the individual and what their needs are. Awesome. Awesome. And how can people get in touch with you? So I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram as Purposefully Nourished. And I'm on LinkedIn as Amanda Whitehead. And I also have a website, which is www.purposefullynourished.com. Awesome. Awesome. And all the links will be in the description for this podcast, wherever you are listening or watching this. So before we head off into the sunset, I have one final question that I ask everybody that comes on the show. And that is, what is your espresso shot of confidence for our listeners? Ooh. The one thing would be hydration keep yourself super hydrated because it helps with sleeping it helps with boosting energy and if you've got energy in your sleeping it'll boost your confidence oh love that love that better better get some of that down my neck then okay awesome <laughs> so thank you so much for uh, stopping by and, uh, and sharing your knowledge with us today amanda that's been awesome thank you very much for having me i've really enjoyed it
Awesome, awesome, awesome. And a big thank you to you, the listeners, wherever you are in the universe. That's it for this episode. So be sure to subscribe wherever you normally listen or watch this so that you get notifications of any new episodes when they drop. So all that is left to say is to have a great day, week, life, afterlife, wherever you are. And as always, don't forget to be awesome.